lives Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about turtles, angels, clams, nudists, beverage carts, deer, and the Falkland Islands. Let's get on with the show. been kind of stuck at home, but uh, I have had some entertainment in my backyard because it's been like a little bit of a backyard safari. Maybe it's always a backyard safari and I'm just not here that much, or I don't know, I'm, or I'm summoning the animals. I don't know. But the first thing that was going on when I first hurt my knee was uh, I have a bird feeder and the squirrels kept getting it and eating. I, I like the squirrels. I just don't want them to eat all the food. So leave some food for the birds, right? So I tried everything. Somebody, I Googled it and it was like, uh, oh, squirrels don't like chili. So I put uh, sprinkled chili in, um, chili flakes in the bird seed and the squirrels were kind of like, oh, it's Taco Tuesday. It's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. I kept, I put a baffle on it, which is like a cone over the, the shepherd's hook. And, uh, that worked a little bit until they started flinging themselves to, from trees, from light posts to, to go above the cone squirrel baffle. I kept moving, uh, whatever they were launching themselves from. So I kept, I moved the shepherd's hook maybe 30 times with my gimpy leg and finally got it to a place in the backyard that the squirrels, and it's not like the squirrels don't get any food because the birds drop down food and then the squirrels can have the food on the ground. And I finally get it to where it feels like I've finally foiled the squirrels. And then I walk into the room, the Carolina room that looks out into the backyard, and there's a deer. A deer just eating all the bird seed out of the bird feeder, and it's like, hey, hey! Of course, it's above the cone. It's like, ah, just can't win. I decided to name the deer Deirdre. <laughs> but then get this. This was really exciting. Um, uh, you can see the garden from my bedroom. It's uh, it's kind of two-story, so I can see out there. And I get up one morning and look out, and I'm like, oh, there's a giant turtle in my backyard, a giant turtle in my backyard. Oh, so I go to run. Now, granted, got my leg, so I'm not really running, but I'm going fast for me, you know. <laughs> get down there. I get a picture, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a big 
turtle in the backyard. It's Herman, you know, Herman, my famous plastic suction cup turtle from the turtle that was on the plane with the suction cups on the plane window. But then I went to get, so I took a picture with my phone, and I went to go get my better camera to close up to see what kind of turtle it is and stuff. And I guess I disturbed the turtle. I mean, I was still inside, but it must have heard me. And I realized it was a she and that she must have heard me because there was a big hole. There's a big hole in the ground. And I was realizing she was laying eggs in my backyard. A big turtle was laying eggs in my backyard. That's very exciting to me. And then I was like, oh, as I went out, she left. The turtle left. It went fast too for a turtle. Faster than gimpy me. So um, I go out there and now I don't want to disturb the egg, but it's a big hole. And I I didn't think there were any eggs in the hole. And I think if there were eggs, she would have covered up the hole. And so I was like, darn, I just disrupted the turtle. And so I kept thinking, maybe she'll come back. And it's not Herman because it's a she. So I thought, uh, Hermana, maybe Hermana will come back. So the next day I was kind of looking, waiting, looking, waiting, and no turtle, but the hole's still there. And then I wake up the next morning, I look out, the hole is totally perfectly filled in. And I was like, Hermana came back, laid her eggs and filled the hole and patted it down. And I thought the only other thing is my neighbor with the um, yappy dog, uh, she didn't come into my, she comes into my yard because her cat and her dog like my yard. All the animals like my yard. <laughs> and I thought, did she come over here and somehow fill in that hole? So I see her as she's getting out and I'm like, hey, um, did you fill in a hole in my backyard? And she's looking at me like, did I what? And I was thinking, goody, it wasn't you. It was Hermana, the turtle. She came back, laid her eggs and filled over the hole. And then there's going to be baby turtles in like August. Yippee! There's a plane going overhead at the moment as I'm trying to record this. And that's, you know, one of the only planes I'll be in contact with this month. So I record the podcasts um, throughout the month. So you'll get a few updates on my knee in this podcast. As I record this now, I'm one week from the last podcast and I am having trouble walking. It's so weird that my whole life, you don't think about walking. It's like breathing and you don't remember learning to walk because hello, you're a child. Um, And it doesn't seem like it should be that difficult. But because I was in the immobilizer for so long, I have a tendency to want to, or my subconscious, or my brain, or muscle memory, I don't know, but my conscious brain knows I should bend my knee, but my subconscious brain wants to swing it, like keep it straight and swing it like I was doing in the immobilizer, and it's not natural, and then I, I stop and I tell myself, bend it, bend it, bend your knee, bend your knee, bend your knee, and so I was going to the grocery store and a much older than me woman stops. She has a cart and she says, oh, honey, do you want my cart? It helps me to walk. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and at this point I was getting very frustrated because at this point I was like three weeks from going back to work. And it's like, how can I go back to work when I can't even walk? And an old lady in the parking lot of a grocery store wants to offer me her cart because she thinks I'm worse than her. And I've done all these things trying to learn to walk. So um, I I downloaded videos of watching people walk. I, down, I thought, okay, what are some famous 
walking people. So I downloaded a video of John Travolta in uh, Saturday Night Fever, a movie I had to sneak into when I was a teenager. And I was thinking, you know, you can't swagger when you're limping or swinging your leg. You know, you can't do the staying alive walk. <laughs> but that didn't help. And so then I was at the pool. And uh, it was like an angel at the pool. This woman I've never seen before. She could see I was in a brace. I was rehabbing my knee, trying very hard. I've been putting a lot of effort into this. I'm doing my exercises. I'm doing physical therapy. I'm rehabbing in the pool. And um, she was giving me some tips saying, you know, you should practice walking backwards. And I was thinking, yeah, that's a good idea. Because, you know, when, when you're taking the cart up the aisle, you're walking backwards. And um, I was getting out of the pool. And she says to me, uh, we talked a little bit. She's visiting. She doesn't live here. Never seen her before. It's like an angel in the pool. Um, she said, uh, do you mind if I pray for your knee? And I was like, sure, I need all the help I can get. So she said, do you mind if I touch your knee? And I'm like, no, go for it. But what I didn't expect, and there were other people at the pool, and they were probably thinking, what is going on here? She puts her hand on my knee, and she starts like, hmm, kind of like those healers, those people like the evangelists. I don't know. She starts talking about Jesus and the, get the devil out of my knee and the spirits. And she starts shaking. And I was thinking, hey, whatever works, you know, I'll try it. And I thought, if if I can walk after this, I will be a new believer. But it really didn't do much. <laughs> Would have been nice if it did. So I had to add this to the angel in the pool story. So there were a bunch of people at the pool that day, but nobody said anything to me like, hey, what was that lady doing? Uh, so I thought, oh, hey, nobody saw my angel in the pool. And then like uh, two weeks later, this couple, they had been on vacation and they go, um, hey, what was the deal with the lady talking about the devil and shaking and holding your knee? And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> somebody did see my event. Okay, so then around that same time, I like when you can pay something forward, you know. So there was a girl in the pool. I see her. She swims laps. I didn't even know her name. And uh, I was about to get in the pool to be rehabbing my knee. And I said, hey, how you doing? And she just started crying. And she said, oh, and she started telling me, I'm not going to give you specifics, but her sister was in the hospital. It didn't look good. She might not make it. She had had addiction issues. She had stopped taking her medication. You know, it's she basically just melted down in the pool. And so I just stood and talked to her, um, saying things that it's easy to say when you're not emotionally involved, right? You know, I'm like, you know, it's not your fault. You can't save anyone. You can only do what you can do. You have to protect yourself. I basically was saying all the things you say, even though I really didn't know this woman. And she was like, you're like, an angel today. And I was thinking, well, there's angels in this here pool. This story comes from Rebecca. She's a listener and also a flight attendant. Recently on a flight on my very little plane, I took out my very little cart to do a very little service on a very little flight. We usually have some form of coffee on board that is completely substandard. And I often describe the coffee 
when people say, do you have coffee? And I say, well, that depends. And then I describe it. And they say, you know what? I think I'll have a Dr. Pepper or a Coke. It's hard for me not to hide the inner grimace when I either have to serve this coffee, describe this coffee, or roll my cart the entire way back to the front of the plane, load up some coffee, and take it back because we don't have a coffee server on board. We do it one cup at a time. Recently, when I was in this predicament, and we had no coffee, which was a relief because I just simply say, I'm so sorry, we don't have any coffee today. I usually offer something else, and usually people want a Dr. Pepper or a, some form of a Coke product. But not this particular day. The customer spent no time thinking. The reply was, do you have any clam juice? <laughs> clam juice. <laughs> and I'm still laughing about it. Anybody have any clam juice? So now, as I record this, I'm in the middle of the month from the last podcast, and the knee's getting, the bend is getting better, which is every day it bends a little more, which is like a little victory every day. And I'll take any victories I can get, but the walking is still. And I'm still not uh, I'm still not up to stairs, but I'm getting closer to going back to work. And um, I'm realizing that, you know, my kind of falling down the stairs, tripping over my carry on bag, landing on the kitchen floor. It's a dud of a story. It's a dud of a how'd you hurt your knee story. And I am going to be telling this story. There's so many flight attendants. So I'm going to be telling this story over and over and over and over and over again. So I was thinking I should come up with a better story. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of, of these stories that I came up with. Uh, I've been asking people at the pool and one of the guys said, you should say you were walking. And you saw, you know, there are alligators where I live. You saw a lady walking her little dog and, and the the alligator tries to get the little dog and you tried to save the little dog and the alligator whipped his tail and hit your knee. And I was like, oh, I don't know if anybody's going to believe that I'm wrestling alligators. Somebody else said, um, tell them you fell off the trapeze. <laughs> I'll give you some more story ideas later. So now it's like three weeks since I did the podcast and one week before the new podcast. And in a way, this is kind of now like the fun part of my injury in that I get a little victory every day. Sometimes I can have like a three victory day. <laughs> like one day, um, it's actually a big victory when, you know, these victories <clears throat> are very small, but they're also very big. So for the longest time, I had to hoist myself in and out of the car. So I'd put one leg in, like my whole body in, then use my arms to sort of almost stand and then lift the straight leg in. <laughs> I called it my hoisting, like a, like a car dismount when I was getting out. But now I can bend the leg enough that I can, not gracefully... <laughs> But I can get in and out of the car without the hoisting. So that's a victory. There was a day that I did the first day that I could swim the whole way across the pool uh, using 
because I was using basically the one leg for a long time. Uh, and I could make it the whole way across the pool. And that's like, yay, that's another victory. But here, as I talk about victories, I also have a setback because, or not a setback, I almost feel like I failed graduation. I thought I was going to work in July. I really did. And um, the physical therapists were, were like, no, you're not ready. You can't go up one step. <laughs> let alone with luggage, let alone uh, hauling a cart up, you know, as you're, you know, that cart is really heavy. Anyway, and the doctor said the same thing. No, you're not going to work in July. I'm hoping now it's early August. But it is kind of, you have to kind of, when you have your mind that you're going to work, and then you hear you're not going to work, you go like, Uh, and I know most people would be like, yeah, you don't have to work. But I like my job and I kind of want to get back to normal. But so I when I went to the doctor, the doctor said something pretty profound. Now, you don't usually say that. I at least I don't. So the orthopedist, um, he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing great, because I'm making a lot of progress. So when I started my physical therapy, I had a 30% bend in my knee. And now I'm at 108. And you need to get to 130. So I'm like, 80%. And that's great. And so he said, how are you doing? I said, I'm great. You know, of course, I'd like it to be faster. And he said, I have to say this to a lot of my patients, but time is the biggest tincture. So time is the biggest ingredient in healing, which is true of not just healing bones, but of healing a broken heart, of healing after a tragedy after somebody dies. It is. Time is the biggest tincture. And I said then, um, well, you know, in a way, I'm kind of in the fun phase of this because I get a little victory every day. And he said, oh, I'm going to write that down because I'm writing a book about what, uh, I was going to say passengers, <laughs> what patients say. And he, he said, I like that. I get a little victory every day. And I said, yes, well, when I was in the immobilizer, I was not getting a little victory every day. And he said, that's where you're wrong. You were getting a little victory every day. You just couldn't see it. And he's completely correct. He's 100% right in that my bone was healing while I was in the immobilizer. And if that's not a victory every day, bone healing, then I don't know what is. I want to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon and, you know, they have everything. You took a second to go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, click on any of the links. You can even bookmark it, so it'll take you even less time and uh, it supports the show. It doesn't cost you anymore. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought kayak paddle grips. That's right up my alley. Somebody else bought bagabug. I like that. Bagabug. Japanese beetle trap. And this one I thought was quite clever. Rip Van Waffle. Rip Van Waffle Dutch Caramel Vanilla Cookies. So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And I thank you so very much. This was sent in by listener 
Rhonda. Thanks, Rhonda. It's from McSweeney's Daily Humor almost every day since 1998. And it's called, I thought this was very cute, Airline Passengers as Explained by Their Pants by Wendy Ahrens. Wool suit pants will board before you. Wool hunting pants will board after you. Pleated dockers will loudly talk on cell phone about ROIs and vertical markets. Pajama bottoms will be flying either to or from a city with a senior frogs. Sweatpants with Dallas Mavericks logo will clog one or more bathrooms. Stained yoga pants will be carrying a screaming child. Stained jamboree pants will be a screaming child. Leather pants did not pay for own flight. Pants with underwear sticking out did not pay for own flight. Jeans with rhinestones will get wasted on tequila and Sprite and graze flight attendant's boob. (laughs) Tight black stretch pants will be a pharmaceutical rep named Morgan. Hemp pants will be flying either to or from a city with a yurt resort. Golf pants will accidentally click on a porn link on his laptop. Camouflage cargoes. Carry-on is a styrofoam cooler sealed with duct tape. Blue capris, European on business. Red capris, European on holiday. Plaid capris, European on way to rehab. Pink sweatpants will laugh her ass off at an Adam Sandler in-flight movie. Beige slacks will nervously clutch book about how liberals are destroying America. Linen trousers will swallow a Xanax and mangle your hand during takeoff. Wide whaled corduroys traveling with a cat. Thin whaled corduroys traveling with a guitar. Patched corduroys traveling with a cat named Guitar. Orange jumpsuit did not pay for own flight. Skinny jeans will develop deep vein thrombosis. Swim trunks will be escorted off the plane by the Federal Air Marshal for doing something gross to the beverage cart. Creased jeans, Federal Air Marshal. That was cute. So I was trying to think of more interesting stories to tell people about what I did to my knee. I was kind of hoping I could come up with a story that would make people go, hmm, hmm. Or maybe not that outlandish, but I don't know about this one. I was thinking, um, oh, I fell out of a tree. And they'd be like, what were you doing in a tree? And I'd be like, I was reaching for a coconut. I I don't think people are going to really think I'm climbing trees. But then I thought, this one is slightly more believable that I decided to take tango lessons. And people were thinking, I could see her taking a tango class. And I said, but you know what? There weren't any men in the class. And so it was all women. So my partner was a woman and um, she dropped me. (laughs) I'll tell you some more stories that I've come up with in a little while. This comes from listener Sarah. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's a, it's a little outdated story, but that's okay. It's news to me. Might be news to you. Uh, the title is Fly Naked on Germany's First Nudist Holiday Flight. Okay. This is out of Frankfurt. German nudists will be able to start their holidays early by stripping off on the plane if they take up a new offer from an Eastern German travel firm. 
This travel agency said it would start taking bookings for a trial nudist day trip starting from the East German town of Erfurt to the popular Baltic Sea Resort of Eustum, planning for July 5th, costing 499 euros. It's expensive, I know, managing director Enrico Hess told routers by phone. It's because the plane's very small. There's no real reason why a flight, which one flies naked, should be more expensive than any other. Oh, sorry, this is funny. The 55 passengers will have to remain clothed until they board and dress before they leave, says Hess. The crew will remain clothed throughout the flight for safety reasons. Huh. Mm, wonder what those safety reasons are or if the crew just would prefer to have their clothes on. <laughs> I wish I could say we thought of it ourselves, but the idea came from a customer. Hess told routers by phone. It's an unusual gap in the market. Naturalism, or free body culture, FKK as it's known in Germany, was banned by the Nazis but blossomed again after the Second World War, particularly in eastern Germany. There are FKK hotels where you can go and go into the restaurants and shops naked, for example, Hess said for FKK fans, not that I'm one of them, it's nothing unusual. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. It's not like we're starting a swingers club in the air or something like that. We're a perfectly normal holiday company. Okay. This next story comes from Dan, and he has a podcast called Zipping Around the World Travel Podcast. Now, I do have a story of a flight that I took from Houston Intercontinental to Columbus several years ago. It was just a normal flight. We were coming in for landing into Columbus after, what, two hours or two and a half hours of flying. No big deal. Everything was normal. We're coming in on final approach. Not paying a whole lot of attention, but the landing gear is down. The flaps are down. Everything's cool. No problems. Good weather. Something doesn't feel right, and I kind of look over, and we're like mid-airport, and we're still in the air. And generally, you're on the ground mid-airport. You know, we stay at that altitude and pass the airport, and he pulls back up, and I'm thinking, what just happened? <laughs> Why didn't we land? And he comes over the intercom after he you know pulls up and gets the airplane back to where he wants it, and he says, hey, you probably noticed we didn't land back there. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's pretty obvious. And he said, uh, when we left Houston Intercontinental, somebody lost a tire. <laughs> so right around the time we took off on the runway, I guess, that we took off at, there was a tire that a plane lost and they didn't know if it was us or not. So we did a flyby for air traffic control tower to take a look to see if we had all of our tires or not. And I thought, well, someone's going to have a heck of a landing. Now, you got to remember, all of the planes have, you know, two tires per landing gear. So it was probably a, you know, no big deal, but they would probably had all the fire engines out there for them just in case. Anybody missing a tire? Who's missing a tire? 
So now it's right before the podcast is about to come out and I'm feeling more confident. I'm working really hard. So I uh, rehab in the pool. I go to physical therapy. I'm going to the gym. Um, they like just got, the leg got so weak from being in the mobilizer for so long. So stairs is going to be stairs and squatting, anything with, um, weight on the bent knee. Anyway, I'm getting there. I think I'm going to be able to get there for the next work deadline. <laughs> but one of the funny things is my physical therapists who are all, they're so nice. I think that that if you're a young person out there trying to figure out what you want to do, I think it's a really nice job in that you really help people and you can really make a difference in a lot of people's lives. I think it's a very admirable job because almost more than the doctors, because now I'm not, I'm nothing against doctors. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that the physical therapists really are there for the journey with you. They get to see somebody get better, which I think is, must be extremely rewarding, but they were trying to figure out, there's two of them and they're trying to figure out how they could simulate me having to pull, pull, to pull the heavy beverage cart up the aisle with my knee. And they were trying to do stuff in the physical therapy and none of it really felt like it. And so then I figured out how to do it. I, I have these, um, I had little regular water weights and then I saw people with a heavier water weights. Uh, it's like three times as heavy. So I put those heavy water weights underwater and walked backwards pulling it. And I have to say, it pretty much simulates pulling up that beverage cart, but probably other people in the pool are probably thinking, huh, what the heck is she doing? Imagine was a chance to see So I decided I'm trying to make up a story, a better story than my boring fell in the kitchen story. And I was thinking when they say, what would you do to your knee? I could say, Oh, it was a motorcycle accident. And I'd be thinking, no, she had a motorcycle. So I don't know. I don't know if they really could see me, you know, out in my leather (laughs) outfit on a motorcycle. So this one, I think, could be the winner. Uh, My sister is into pole dancing, and she's wanted me to take pole dancing for a long time. So I decided to join her at a pole dancing class, and I'm a bad pole dancer. (laughs) I fell at her mighty. Hey, kids, when you fly together, she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going. So since I can't tell you where I've been, I can tell you where I'm going. So one of the things I've had some time to do is plan trips because that takes a lot of time and usually I don't have a lot of time. So um, as some of you know, one of my things about traveling is I want to see all of the animal kingdom in the wild. I'm sort of ticking my way through the animal kingdom. And one of the big gets, which I have not done, is the penguins in the wild. And I've always thought that I have to do that expensive Antarctica cruise to do this. And it's just too cost. It's just too expensive for me. I just can't, I can't swing it. So one of the ways people are always like, how do you decide where you're going? 
And then lots of times that's because I've heard other travelers talk about certain places. But there are times, like this time, that I just got out a map of the world and just started looking around. Huh, where should I go? And I saw the Falkland Islands. And I was like, hmm, hmm. I don't know anyone who's been to the Falklands. I like that. Uh, I did some a little research and found out they have lots of penguins. So I think I can tick off my penguins without having to do the expensive Antarctica cruise. And so I looked it up and guess what? The population, the human population in the Falkland Islands is under 3,000. And guess how many penguins they have? They have over a million penguins, over a million penguins. <laughs> five different species. And it's like, yippee, I'm going to the Falklands. I'm going to the Falklands. I'm going to the Falklands. I think this is what I'm going to do for my big November trip. And um, I've done some research and it seems like it's right up my alley in that it's a weird place. <laughs> I know it's like, oh, I like it because it's a weird place. It's, a, it's an unusual place. It seems from my reading, it's like going back in time, which I like that because that's really traveling. It's like time traveling. And I get to see the penguins. It's a, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be an easy place to travel, which I'll know that ahead of time. So I read and I like this. Sorry, I like this. Most people would be like, I don't know if that'd be something I would like, but you have to take flights to go from different places in the Falklands. And there's one airline. And guess what? You can book your flight, but you don't know what time your flight is because there are only so many people traveling. So they wait till the day before to figure out who they have to take where. And get this, you have to listen to the local radio station to see what time your flight is going to be the next day. I just think that's fantastic. And because of the weather conditions, you might not be going wherever you think you're going that day. So it's going to have to be very flexible. And then there's these places to stay. I'm going to go to, but there would, will only be like one place to stay in one of these places to go, one of the places to see the penguins. And, and the, usually the only people in the Falklands are people from the big expensive cruise ships that are going to the Antarctica. So there are certain places they go to, but if you're not on one of these cruise ships and you're an independent traveler, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> so I read this one guy, he had a, a blog and he was saying what he was doing and he went to this place that I want to go to because they have a lot of penguins, different kinds of penguins. And uh, he got somebody from the main town, Stanley, to drive him there. And it's a homestay and you have to stay I don't like sharing a room. I really don't. I really don't. But if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. So there's like a few bunk beds. It's self-catering. So he said he brought a lasagna from Stanley. And that's what he had for dinner and breakfast. He just microwaved some of the lasagna. <laughs> but the great thing about this place is once those, those big cruise ship, all those people come, they leave, and then there's nobody there but you and the penguins. And he said, you, you just can just be out there for hours with the penguins. And they have little rocks, white rocks that show that where you're not supposed to go. But you can just sit down outside of the little rocks. And if those penguins come to you, they're allowed to come to you. And he was like, little baby furry penguins, fluffy penguins would come up to him. And I was thinking, oh, little furry fluffy penguins come up to you. <laughs> I'll be happy to share a room with somebody and eat my frozen lasagna. <laughs> Hamburger,
That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. And I really, really hope that I will be traveling around the world with you soon. Hey, 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 hey.